Amen. I'd like to invite you at this time to open up God's Word. If you have a Bible, and I believe you do, if you don't, let us know. We'll get you one. Um, but open it up to the, the book of Exodus. It's the second book in the Bible, very early on in the first pages. And we're going to start at chapter 20, beginning at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter, nor any male or female servant, nor your animals or any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days the Lord has made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy the word of the Lord. Well, today is the, the fourth Sunday in our five-week series that we're calling We Need to Talk. And today we're talking about something that we desperately need more of, and that is rest. Now, I hope that you have somebody in your life who cares enough about you to, to notice when it, you need a little bit more rest. I, I think about the people in my life. One of those people is my own mom. When I call her on the phone, she can usually tell in my voice if I haven't gotten enough sleep. She'll say to me, are you getting enough rest? Well, I want to be one of those people for you today, too. Are you getting enough rest? And my guess is that for most of us, and I'll say myself included, even just preparing for this message, there was so many things going on. And I'm sure that when we're asked the question, if we're being honest, am I getting enough rest? The answer is not as much as I should. And so instead of naming the problem, what, what I want us to do together today is, is talk about the why. The why behind our lack of rest. Like, like, what is it that leads us to sleep less and work more and, and create less margin in our schedules to be rejuvenated the way that we know we're meant to be? It's like, like somebody who, who struggles to, to lose weight or, or to kick an addiction. We need to get to the root of why it is that we've gotten here to begin with. And the pandemic season that we're living in hasn't made anything any better, but but at the same time, I would say this has been a problem for far longer than that. It's actually an issue that people have been dealing with for thousands of years. And that's what leads us into our scripture reading today in the book of Exodus. And this biblical concept that we refer to as Sabbath. Now, I'm reading a new book and it talks in part about Sabbath. The book's title is The Deeply Formed Life. And it's by a New York City pastor. His name is Rich um, Volatis. I think that's how you say it. I might be wrong on that. But in the opening chapters, he tells this pretty funny story. He, he lives in Queens, I believe. And he was walking through his neighborhood on a Saturday morning when some, some random gentleman across the street from him yelled at him and said, Hey, you, are you Jewish? And he jokes in the book, he's like, I was growing a beard, but I'm not Jewish, I'm a pastor actually. And so I yelled back and I said, no, I'm Puerto Rican. And the man actually, he said, that's great, I need your help. 
I need my 90-year-old mother. I need help getting my 90-year-old mother down the stairs. Well, Rich had a few minutes on his hands. He was intrigued by the request, and so he followed this man into his apartment building, and they, they got into the elevator. The man asked Rich to press the sixth floor button, which he thought was kind of weird. It's not my home, but whatever he did, and away they went with some awkward talk up to the sixth floor. Well, when they got up to the sixth floor apartment and opened the door, the man yelled into the apartment, Ma, Rich is here. And she said, who's rich? <laughs> and when Rich saw her, this is how he described her. He said, he said she was a frail, well-dressed elderly woman grasping her walker. She had a large pearl necklace and heels that looked a little bit too big for her. And with exasperation, she grumbled things like, I'm so busy, there's never enough time. How am I going to finish everything? And it was in the midst of that whole thing where Rich said that he realized the reason that the man invited him up to the sixth floor apartment to begin with. The man and his mother, they're the ones that are Jewish. It's Saturday, so it's the Jewish Sabbath. They are heading to their local synagogue, but the regulations around the Sabbath day are that you can't work. And that means you can't even press the button in the elevator. And so all they wanted from Rich was to press the button in the elevator so they could get down to the first floor. And that's what he did, and I imagine that was the end, the way they went. But Rich writes this. He said, I look back at that moment and, and I chuckle. But what struck me the most in this whole encounter was, was that this elderly woman was stressed out because of the fullness of her life. Here she was, overwhelmed, on the Sabbath of all days, with too much to do at 90 years of age. New York-itis is alive and well. I don't know, though. Living in Wisconsin, I don't think this problem begins and ends in New York, does it? We're all constantly living and doing something, living under the weights of a never-ending to-do list. I, I feel like, like even with all the devastating effects that this, this pandemic has had on our lives, on employment, people seem to be either unemployed or they're, they're overemployed. More work, more stress, more logistics to manage. I read an article back in April. It was just a month into the, the, the lockdowns that we experienced, and the people working from home were working in average of three hours more each and every day than when they were in the office. And that's just work, right? Like, like look at the rest of our lives. We could talk about this with our kids and their over-scheduled activities or, or how many hours we spend on our screens, right, in front of those or the pressures of, of, of adults caring for their aging parents or aging parents caring for their adult children. Can we all agree that we all could use a little bit more rest? That we all could rest. And, 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 and that's precisely why God commands it in his word in the scripture that we're reading today. Our, our reading is, is from the second book of the Bible, as I said before. It's the book of Exodus. And God at this point in their history has led the Israelite people, the Jews, away from Egypt. And they had been overworked in Egypt as slaves for hundreds of years. But it's fascinating that the very way in which the people over them kept them oppressed in the first place was keeping them under never-ending work. 
And they were such a force of labor that the Pharaoh, when he finally let, his, let the people go, right? You know that part of the story. He immediately changed his mind and ended up chasing them down again with his army. And, and maybe you've never had an Egyptian army chasing you down, but my guess is, is that you can relate at least in parts to the feeling. Maybe you don't have an Egyptian army nipping at your heels, but maybe you're a parent, And you have to hide in the bathroom just to get some peace and quiet from all of the things that they need you to do. Maybe you own your home and every project you get started, you peel it open and it just leads to more issues and more things and it's a never-ending list. Maybe your job is that way. I'm sure you you leave the office at 5 o'clock on Friday, but then your cell phone beeps throughout the weekend with text messages and emails and phone calls. See, this isn't something that's new, and it's because life never stops that one of the Ten Commandments that God gives Israel in the wilderness goes like this. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Now, notice that on the same list as other commands, like like honor your father and mother, do not steal, we also have Rest. That's what the word Sabbath means. It comes from the Hebrew verb to rest. It's a noun. It's the 24-hour period of time that we spend in the presence of God. And it's set apart for that purpose. That's why it's set apart to be holy. We talked last week about what the word holy means. It means to be set apart. And it's been said that that this kind of setting apart, this kind of being faithful to the Sabbath, this kind of rest is actually one of the most broken commandments in our world today, especially among Christians, even among pastors, right? Like so often, how do we look at people who break this commandment and actually lift them up on a pedestal and say, wow, look at how hard that person is working. Isn't it wonderful that they don't even take a day off as if this is somehow a good thing? But the truth is, and the reason we need to talk about this, is that this lack of rest is breaking us. It's breaking us. And as we continue to go through life and all the struggles and stresses and unknown that we're facing in this particular moment, we need to get behind the why. Why are we not getting the rest that we know we need? Because the purpose behind this and every other command in the Bible is is never legalism. It's that God is trying to protect us from something. He's trying to protect us from the very thing that he knows is going to do us harm. And so so again, as I said before, if we're going to honor this commandment to rest, we need to understand a few reasons why we don't honor it. And we can find those in the midst of these few short chapters. There's three I want to share with you specifically. The first one is this. Sometimes we don't rest because we think that we're better than God. We think that we're better than God. Than God. And, and I know that nobody actually says that out loud, right? But, but look at verse 11. It says, For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. 
And so it begs the question, if God could rest, then why can't we? And sometimes it's because we think we can outdo God. But more often than that, it's more subtle. It's, it's because we just don't trust that God is going to take care of the world, that the world is going to continue to spin if we unplug for a while. We think to ourselves, what am I missing? Am I going to fall behind? And that leads us to the second reason oftentimes why we don't rest, and that is that we know that we're not better than God. We know that we're not better than God. I mean, maybe some of us think that we're better than God, but, but probably what resonates more is, is that you know that you're not. I mean, you might look at that and say, fine, God created everything in six days, right? But I'm not God. <laughs> I'm not God, and so I need more time. And maybe this isn't something that you spiritualize. Maybe it's you comparing yourself not to God, but to other people. You know someone else in some sphere of your life, a neighbor, a coworker, a friend, a sister, a brother, and, and they seem so successful and so smart. And you know that you're not as successful and you're not as smart, but if I just work longer and harder, then I will get there. But here's the problem with that kind of thinking. You're like the 90-year-old woman in New York, right? On the Sabbath, there's always going to be more to do than you're able to finish. The, the truth is, you and I both will die with things still on our to-do list. We will pass away before everything on this side of heaven is finished. And so listen to me, because this is kind of the crux of what this means. God gave us the Sabbath as the primary purpose that he places us on the planet for. He gave us the Sabbath to remind us of our primary purpose, and that is not that we are here centered on what we do, but on who we are. It's like the saying that you've probably heard before, that we are human beings, not human doings. And so God gives us the Sabbath because the primary purpose that he places us on the planet for is not centered on the things that we do, but it's who we are. Now, I know what happens, right? We immediately think to ourselves, well, then, then is what we do insignificant? And the answer to that is absolutely not. If it was insignificant, then why would God give us six days out of the week to do it? It's very important, the things that God's called us to do. But wouldn't you agree with me when I say that, that even when we're doing something, it's made better if we get to be with somebody we enjoy being with? I mean, if you're, if you're married or, or maybe you're getting married or maybe you, you, you aspire to be married at some point, would you look at that spouse of yours on your wedding day and say, I want to marry you because you do the dishes? Would you say to that person that, that I want to marry you because, because you mow the lawn and your lines are straight? Would you, would, you, would you ever say that? Would you say I want to marry you because what you do for a living brings home the bacon? Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. You get married because you want to be with someone. You want to be with that person. You want to mow the lawn together. You don't want to be alone when you lose your job, and neither one of you have any bacon. Nobody in their right mind gets married to somebody because of what their spouse can do. Sure, plenty of people are in the wrong mind and make that decision, and we know how that goes. Unfortunately, we also know how that goes in a marriage that started out for the right reasons and ended up drifting to a place like that. And you don't even realize 
that it's happening, right? Like, like you, you can't put your finger on it, but, but you just start drifting, and, and she focuses on her career, and you focus on yours, and, and one kid's taking the, the older son to, to soccer, and the other one's taking the younger daughter to ballet, and before you know it, you're doing a lot of things without being together at all. Well, for hundreds of years, all Israel did was do. That's all they were doing is they were slaves in Egypt. And so when God rescued them by bringing them out of slavery in Egypt, he was not just rescuing them from manual labor. He wasn't rescuing them from manual labor at all. They were going to have to continue to work. What he was rescuing them from was a destructive way of life. A destructive way of life. And we see that in Deuteronomy 5. It says, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The same is true for you. The same is true for me. Through Jesus, God has taken his mighty hand and outstretched arm, and he has saved you and I from the slavery of sin and self-dependence. And Paul says in Galatians 4, so that you are no longer a slave, you are now God's child. And since you are God's child, God has made you an heir. And this is a mystery, right? But it's a beautiful one. In the mystery of God's grace, through Jesus, you and I now can relate to God as sons and daughters of the King. He is our Father, our Abba, our Daddy, and He wants to spend time with us. And it leads us to the third reason that we so often do not spend time in Sabbath. We don't rest, and that is that we don't realize that the purpose of Sabbath rest is for God to love us. We don't realize that the purpose of Sabbath rest is for God to love us. Look at 1 John 3. It says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. That is who we are. And friends, sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom to realize that maybe the reason God commands us to rest to slow down and to spend time with him one day each and every week is, is that we literally cannot get through the other six days without him. In a marriage, right, maybe you felt convicted by that example. I know there's, there's times that I feel convicted. My wife and I, too, we're so busy, so many things going on. And I also know that especially those with kids, but no matter what season in life you're in, you can't just stop taking care of all the things you need to do, but also don't underestimate that, that spending a few hours just one-on-one -on -one together, a date night, watching a movie, it goes a long way in keeping the relationship healthy in the midst of the rest of the chaos of life. And if it's true in a marriage, how much more true would this be in our relationship with God? See, God wants to love you in every millisecond of every day of every week. He doesn't just want to reserve it for the one day that he calls the Sabbath. But in order to allow him in and to see his presence in every moment of your life, you've got to spend concentrated time with him. See, like your muscles need to be rebuilt after they've been torn apart after a workout, your soul desperately needs to be strengthened by God each and every week, each and every day. 
And so what do we do? Where do we start? And I want to leave you with three ways that we can think through how to actually be faithful here. And it starts with just simply being repentant, right? Admitting that, that we are too busy, that, that we haven't all done this well. And I'll admit that. And so where do we begin? And the first thing is this. Sabbath rest was made for man. Be reminded that Sabbath rest is made for you and for me. And we learn this because generations after the Ten Commandments were written down on that mountain, the Jewish leaders in Jesus' day, they, they, had, they had added all of these rules and regulations around the Sabbath. It, it ended up becoming something that was obligation and it was work. And to the point where Jesus and his disciples were walking through a grain field one day and they were picking grain. The disciples were picking grain and the religious leaders considered that work and so they they questioned Jesus and said you're not they're not supposed to do that are they supposed to really be doing that and here's how Jesus replied Mark 2 27 he said to them the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath See, God is already complete in and of himself. You are the one that needs the Sabbath. God wants it for you because God wants to spend time with you. But you need to understand that the Sabbath rest is an opportunity for you to rest in the presence of God. It's not something to check off a list that somehow makes you more loved. You couldn't possibly be more loved by God. That's why he wants to spend time with you. And so if we think of this as just adding another thing to do, then, then it's just going to add to the same problem that led us here in the first place, right? Too many things to do. We're human beings, not human doings. And that leads us to the second thing that we learn, and that's that Sabbath rest is is not actually a destination, but it's a rhythm for the journey. It's not a destination, it's a rhythm for the journey. If you wait, and that's, that's the temptation here, and I know a lot of us are going to think this way. Okay, I get it, I need to spend more time, I need to take a day a week off and somehow unplug, but i got to get through this season first. I gotta get through this work project. I gotta get through this home project. I gotta wait until the kids this or that or the other thing. Whatever it is, if you wait until everything else lines up, you will never take a break. You will never do it. You will never carve out the time. Same thing goes for every other area in your life, right? Like if you wait for your ducks to be in a row to really engage as a parent with your kids, your kids are going to move out before you ever engage as a parent. If you, if, you, if you wait for work to slow down, to start to take care of yourself, step away from it, take a personal day, what you're going to find is that eventually you're going to burn out and your productivity will slow down and decline. And it's why a few years ago, we taught a class at, at St. John's. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And and it talked about the rhythm of life, the rhythm of the journey of life, and, and how we need to spend not just this 24-hour period of time, take a day off, but each and every day, take a mini-Sabbath. And the way the class taught it was to develop this rhythm. This comes from some of the forefathers of our faith in spending twice a day, in the morning and then in the afternoon, kind of in the middle of the day, and start out by just spending two minutes in silence, Read a few lines of scripture, a devotional, something simple. Say a quick prayer and then spend two more minutes in silence. And just do that. It could take you maybe five or six minutes tops and do it twice a day. 
Well, we did that. We committed to doing that for eight weeks. And after several months, when I talked to people about all the things that we learned in that class, about all the knowledge, about all of, all of what it presented, the one thing that people were still doing, the thing that had the greatest impact in their life was not any of the head stuff. It was the simple practice of spending a few minutes a day in quiet silence with God. It was that continued rhythm of being with him. For some, it was setting apart the 24 hours of Sabbath and spending time with God. It was that thing that made the biggest difference because they felt closer to God. It's not because their life got easier, that their to-do list got shorter, but they felt closer to God, which is the ultimate purpose. And it leads us to the third thing, and that is that Sabbath is a foretaste of the feast to come. Sabbath rest is a foretaste of the feast to come. This whole idea of Sabbath, it actually traces back to the opening chapters of Genesis. It starts with God creating everything, right? In the six days, he created everything. And at each of those days when it's described in Genesis, it says that there was a beginning and an end. There was morning and there was evening the first day. There was morning and there was evening the second day. It goes on for six days. But that doesn't happen on the Sabbath. If you look back at Genesis, you'll see that the Sabbath has no end. The purpose in the Garden of Eden was for God to rest in the midst of his created world forever. And we know that through Jesus, that forever is going to come. It's coming, and someday we too are going to experience the full presence of God. And it will be an eternal Sabbath that we get to spend with him. But every week between now and when that day comes, God doesn't want us to wait to taste it. He doesn't want us to wait to experience a taste of the foretaste of the feast to come. And so we do that every moment that we spend with him. And we do that when we set apart a day in rest with God. And it's because Jesus promises to help us until we get to that moment. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You want rest, it's not something you can do for yourself. You need to come to the king to get it. And so Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Are you weary and burdened? He says, come to me. Don't finish your tasks. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This means that you're going to continue to carry the weight, but it isn't going to be on your own. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is easy. 